We did it. We figured it out. Finally. We finally figured it out. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to share with you the secrets to changing your spouse. <laughs> I couldn't even get through it. Yeah, you can change secrets? your spouse. There's, it's plural, huh? It's a secret. We have the secret formula to changing your spouse. Are you are you titillated sufficiently? <laughs> Sorry to use that word. It's a little cringy. Anyway, stay tuned for all the secrets on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Wow, the other side is just so clear and bright. The secrets are so clear on this side. (laughs) We just know all the things now. Listener, if you haven't figured it out, we are, are you being, ready for this? No more. Just, just giving it away, huh? Wow. That's a lot. I feel like I feel like they get it. We're being facetious. They're we're kind of making fun of kind of the tendency online to be like the secret to success, the secret to this. What and it's just clickbait, right? And the bottom line is, in this case, like we, you cannot change your spouse. And I think there's such a freeing thing. <laughs> That's articulate. It's a freeing thing that happens when you just resign yourself to this fact that you can't change your husband, you can't change your wife, and it is not your job to change your husband and your wife in any way that is really meaningful or has to do with their uh, the big their heart, the no. big heart things yeah. that, that that need to be addressed. Only the Lord, yes, yes. So only that's basically the cliff notes. Is God changes hearts? We yeah. don't. But we're yeah. going to talk through that today specifically. Uh, what we've got? Well, yeah. Go- if you just find your self in that frustrating place right of man i wish he would just be more like this or she's never like this or she's always the never and always just put those statements into uh your vocabulary your mental vocabulary and you'll find Mm. some spots where you are like man yeah if i could push a button and change them about on this for sure right yeah speaking of frustrating things this is actually the second pass on this episode we had a technical problem I am like my friend Nathan over at Flint and Iron um, Gospel. T- what is his? <laughs> he, it's Darn Flint it. and Iron is the nonprofit, but they have a podcast called Gospel Tech. Gospel Tech, it's and incredible. he's so funny because he's just like, yeah. Once I do a podcast or write something, I'm like, it's gone, it's done, out of the brain, it's out of the brain, completely evacuated. And that is how I am about <laughs> podcast episodes. Not only that, but we recorded the first episode four days ago. <laughs> And, and I'm yeah. an almost eight month old, so I feel like mommy brain should be like dissipating, but I just try to blame it on that. But so here I am staring deeply at my notes, trying to remember, what you know, we what we about? can, <laughs> what we talked about. But yeah, praise well, the Lord. He's always with us and he is guiding and yeah. using the words we say and don't say. So yeah, we're trusting that he's sovereign, even over technical problems. Absolutely. But it was and bad. He, it was, use it. We listened to it and it was just echoes and repeat. It was. Yeah. Uh, so. Ugh. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, I felt like the content was good, which I was kind of bummed because I we had a few spots in there. I felt like we were really flowing. But uh, yeah, you hopefully really we'll see that today. Or I was really, you were specifically. I just wanna, okay. You, your words were just the best like words pretty, of all the all words. words. You were pretty uh, good. Anyway, I'm patting right. ourselves on the back here. Speaking of patting <laughs> us on the back, <laughs> if you transition, there. if you want to leave a rating and a review, <laughs> we would love that. <laughs> 
Yes. We obviously need more pats on the back. Yeah, we kind of hit, I think, a critical mass where anyone who's going to leave a review left the review. Yeah. And now we're asking you, if you're on the fence about leaving a review or a rating, just take that extra step. Just jump on in, people. Come on. And just know that you're giving us a pat on the back. <laughs> no, it, they're important, not just for our ego, but they do help people figure out if this is worth their not time. Not for our ego at all. It is good I to know. hear yes. what the Lord is doing. Because there are bad reviews, and those yeah. are good for our egos in a really healing way. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, those podcasts are very prolific. There's a ton more than there were when we started this thing three years ago. Yeah. And so it's really important to make yeah. sure that the word gets out there. Where do people go when they want to know about a podcast? They ask their friends and they check the yeah. comments. And the thing is, is we feel this conviction to continually share the gospel as it pertains to the important kind of day in, day out life realities of Christian husbands, husband, uh, husbands and wives. Fathers and mothers, we'll, we'll talk about that one at a separate podcast maybe, uh, but, but really connecting the lines of the gospel and the hope that it provides and making it helpful mm-hmm. here and now. So that's the mission. And so if you want to be a part of that mission with Fierce Marriage and with Ryan and Selena Frederick here, we would love to partner with you via patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Patreon is a platform that lets us partner with listeners directly. So we don't have to have ads. We don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. We don't have to find advertisers. We don't have to clutter this podcast with ads instead we can just do what we do and proclaim the gospel and actually i was reading in first corinthians what was it uh first corinthians seven nine yes yes so it says nevertheless oh wait no this is this is paul talking he says D- does he not certainly speak for our sake it was written for our sake because the plowman should plow and hope and the thresher and thresh and hope of sharing in the crop if we have sown spiritual things among you it is too is it too much if we reap material things from you if others share this rightful claim on you shall we not uh, do we not even more it says and it goes on a few verses in the same way the lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel now i'm not saying that as a way to manipulate i'm just saying that's really cool that paul was commissioning in a sense and asking the people that he was ministering to to kind of join forces with them. And actually, he goes on to say that he didn't want to make that claim because he wanted a rights to boast other otherwise. And that's mm. that's a different thing to talk about. But all I have to say is that's kind of been our model for this is we really we don't want to go um, to the commercial marketplace and get ads and all that kind of stuff. We'd rather just work with our passionate listeners. So good job. Long pitch there. <laughs> that's all right. Anyway, that verse jumped out at me when we were studying for this. So Alrighty. Um, this episode comes from all of the questions that we get from husbands and wives <laughs> making hand motions. It's a culmination of all the questions we get where basically you're like, people are saying, I've tried everything. I'm at my wits end and I can't figure out how, how to get to- my husband to clean up his trail of mess. How dare you? <laughs> Especially after nighttime, folks. <laughs> Selena sets booby traps for me. <laughs> It's like you, you're like, mm, that fits in the cupboard. I'm just going to close the cupboard and it's good. And then I, as soon as you try to get anything out of the cupboard, they come cascading out. It's because you don't know how to use the cupboards. So if you could change one thing about me, what would you, you change? You know what I said last time? Well, it was the little trail that you leave of, you know. No, that's not what you said. Chips, you, chip bags or like. What are you even talking? That's not what you said. Laundry. What did I say? You said that I leave my towels Oh, on the door. There it is. <laughs> My goodness. See? It's part of a trail. Clearly, you it's care so much trail. about this one thing you it's could change. It's part of your trail. <laughs> Whatever. We've talked. He hangs his towels after the shower on our closet door when the shower <sighs> is not that far away. The, the Not the shower, the bathroom. And we I installed hooks behind the door <laughs> so that we could hang towels specifically. So 
when he uses his towel to walk through to the bedroom because we there's because it's the decent three thing other to little do. girls here. He dis- you know what I'm a, I got a lot going on in my brain. All right, I got to get changed and get to work. It's a lot of things right there. These bills aren't going to pay themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's just a funny thing because I'm like, I always find the towel and I'm like, so I, I try to not say anything and just graciously put it back. But you asked, so <laughs> I told Wait, you. what's that? What, what would I change about you? No, Is I that didn't what you were going to ask me? Nope. So, jumping <laughs> I would change the booby traps discussion. that you set in our cupboards because just a few nights ago I went to get chips and it was like... <laughs> <laughs> What did you do with the chip bag? This is a real question. I put it away. This, I put Sarah, it away you did not. Correctly. Did not. It was empty and it was on the counter the next morning because I threw it away. Because the show was on with and I didn't want to miss anything. The rest of your chocolates and whatever snacks. No, you that's had. you. You're the chocolate monster. No. Anyway, our listeners are leaving. <laughs> They're leaving us. Leave a review on your way out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Don't forget to click five stars. All right. Oh, okay. Well, that, you know we have some fun. We're here. laughing. We, we are laughing, but honestly, this is a very serious conversation because for is. a lot of couples, it's not just about stuff like yeah, towels and chip bags. There's a and- bunch of scenarios. Yeah, and that's kind of you know, there's a lot of deeper things I think to talk about. Which you know, we're gonna just kind of walk through a few scenarios here that you maybe you can identify with, um, right, in your own marriage, like you have this kind of like desire around some of these scenarios to to try to right. change your spouse, right? I'm. Maybe we get a lot of wives writing in asking, like, how do I help my husband be the spiritual leader, right, yep. in their household? And that's yeah. not a wrong desire, right? Like, God has ordained the, that role. Um, but it's hard because we are we are all equal. Like, men and women are equal with God, but he's called the man to lead. So how do we submit in that way, right? How do we encourage or what is the role there that we can play as a wife? Yeah, and I think the, the the theme we're trying to hit on is there's this underlying kind of anxiety. It's yeah. like I've tried everything. Yeah. I've encouraged him. I've put books in front of him. Like <laughs> when he's sitting at the table, I'll just like plop it down. Hopefully he notices. <laughs> or we've put Sorry. on stuff in the Sorry. car and tried to get him. I've sent him links. I've sent him or encouraging we've read things together, verses. but it just kind of falls back into yeah. the same and this goes default. So that's the husband's, the wife side of the equation then there's the husband side where it's like hey i really want to lead my wife or i want us to enjoy this together but she's just not engaging with mm. with the word in this way or she's not allowing me to lead and sometimes there's reasons for that like maybe she won't trust me again because maybe i led more tyrannically in the in the past or maybe i've broken her trust in other ways mm-hmm. um and so she is having a hard she's time hesitant yeah her heart is not in it because either i've she she's it's been hurt in some way right it's yeah survival tactic yeah. right to just not engage yeah and so uh there, there's that side of it as well and obviously there's there's all kinds of different scenarios where this could play out specifically for each listener there's probably as many scenarios as there are listeners here uh but there's also so there's the whole like forgiveness thing too mm-hmm. meaning that <laughs> I, I've, I've repented to my husband or I've repented to my wife and he or she will not forgive me. She says the words, but clearly it's not there. It's mm-hmm. not actually transformed her heart. How do I get her to actually love me again and forgive me and be soft again to me or him? Right. How do I get him to love me again and be soft toward me? Right. Um, and I do want sorry, I just want to say something about that too, that like, I think for... <sighs> 
like I hate saying big sins, but things that have a lot more consequences, like this side of heaven, like right? an infidelity or right, some uh, an actual of like trust. yeah, huge breach of trust. I think that there's obviously a journey towards that healing. That there's going to be yeah. like good cycles, and then you something triggers something, and then it's like how do we respond in that situation? And um, so o- over time, understanding that the ultimate goal, right, is is to be completely reconciled to maybe have less of those triggers, but like. I guess just defining that forgiveness and what that looks like. It's not always just going to be like a one time. Yes, I'm forgiven. Why do you keep bringing it up? Or what is it? You know, but it's like, it's a journey. But I think there's a heart softness that goes along with the the softness. That's what I'm I'm saying. Yes. Yes. That hopefully it wouldn't, be as frequent because there'll still be tears there'll still be like i'm having a hard time trusting you and there'll still be that but there's a softness in this heart orientation toward one another i think there's yeah like a transparency there too so what are a few other examples i want to run through these Um, yeah my wife doesn't yeah they don't actually trust me because you know there's there hasn't been for there's been broken uh, trust lack of forgiveness uh maybe your spouse is super consumed with their work or career that's kind of all they focus on. They come home, they're on their phone dealing with stuff from work. They leave, they're on their phone or whatever. It just, you kind of just feel like you're along for the ride as a spouse, maybe. Um, and you can't get them to admit that there's a problem right. there and it's hurting your family. Right. And I think that's the hard thing, again, is lots of couples deal with this and maybe they're working toward another healthier season, but there are some where it's they like, what are you recognize- talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I have to do this because right. I'm providing for our family and they just right. shut it down. Right. And part and part of that goes along with another instance that I wanted to bring up is you have one spouse who's a know it all, uh, and so it just feels like they're so prideful that you mm-hmm. can't. You can't. <laughs> just kidding. They're, fo- they're so prideful <laughs> that they just point their finger at you all the time when they're the ones with the problems. Need to own it. <laughs> um, we no, joke, you can't really penetrate their yeah. armor because it's like they've always got an argument yeah. and they can't empathize with you or see your side to it or uh, they somehow are always kind of dismissing your line of reasoning, your line of thought yeah. for reasons that, and it's, it's some of that's gaslighting, which I do want to talk about gaslighting <laughs> in another episode. Oh. And that, I don't know, that, that's a, that's a very insidious tactic that manipulators will use within marriage, within any sort of relationship, specifically marriage. What is it real quick? Cause I don't know. Gaslighting is basically making the other person feel like they're crazy for oh, thinking something. Gotcha. Be like, okay. you work too much. Wait, you're, you know, and you, I would basically like you, you, uh, it's a big manipulation tool, kind of. It's a big manipulation tool. And I would dismiss it in ways that make you th- and, and oh, okay. make you think like you're not even perceiving reality correctly. Gotcha, so gotcha. you're always doubting yourself, and Oof. it's a manipulation tactic. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's a. It's kind of a weird thing to talk about. But anyway, so there's all these reasons that you could say, man, if I could just change something about my husband, something about my wife, then we could just get on to the next phase right. of our marriage and right. next phase of health. And, and one more, yeah. one more, just scenario because I think this is big for a lot yeah. of couples is that you're having a hard time finding agreement around spiritual issues. Big meaning, yeah. like church, where and when do we go to church? Why do we go to church? What type of church do we go to? And mm, yeah. do we read the Bible at home? And what do we believe about the Bible? Do we talk about the Bible? Like, what are the things of God? So, hover on that for a minute with me because there's a lot of Christian households mm. where they're they're. They both would check the box Christian on the census. Yeah. 
but the way they live that out is completely different. Right. I mean, you've got a husband or a wife who is reading the word. They're they're steeped in it. They're having Just their devotions. It, they're yeah. they're involved in their the body of believers, their church, their local church, and they are discipling others. And then they would try to get their husband or their wife involved, and it's just met with resistance or passivity. Mm. I know a lot of husbands, unfortunately. I, I, I focus on husbands because I'm a husband, right? There's a lot of men who would rather play video games, watch ESPN, uh, go ride dirt bikes, go do anything else besides yeah. study God's word with, with his family. Right. And there's probably wives that have their version of those things as well. Right. And it's tragic. And so you get that wife who is saying, please, let's go deeper in the things of God together. Please, mm-hmm. let's journey together. Let's walk and disciple one another a side by side. And the husband is like, okay, fine. And so, like, maybe he'll grit his teeth and do it once or twice. And pretty soon, his inertia is just too much right. for the wife to overcome. Right. And of course, this could go both uh, ways. For both, this could go both ways exactly. So, thank you for bringing that up. That's, yeah. So, how do we? If if we're saying there's no control, right? We're not saying like, yep, just let your spouse do whatever they're going to do and just however they're going to be. Like, what has God given us any sort of authority or dominion or stewardship in this area? And we can say we do think he has right. um, in your marriage. We do think that God has given us some uh, right. dominion in terms of purposes, right, for our marriage. So you go all the way back to the garden to see this. Yeah. Okay, the first wedding, so to speak, between mm-hmm. Adam and Eve. Uh, and he said, uh, go forth, multiply, multiply. Woo, multiply. <laughs> multiply. Yeah, multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it, right? And then, then I think in the parallel chapter, it says they were naked and they were unashamed, right? So this is kind of like their their wedding is happening and God is commissioning them. Because before that, before Eve came onto the scene, Adam was commissioned to, what, to steward creation in a way, to name uh, all the animals, mm-hmm. to, to call them by their names, and to and, and kind of be part of the creative act in that mm-hmm. sense. And then God said, it's not good for man to mm-hmm. be alone. So he said, let's, let's create him a helpmate. Mm. Thus, Eve gets onto the, onto the equation. And it's not a subservient role. It's different. Right. There's a different role. There's equal value, worth, and importance between both Adam and Eve, bet- between both husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And they are to serve and help one another, and this is an image of the the, the unity we see within the tri- the triune God Himself. Mm. Okay, there's a lot to be said around that. But so th- here they are, and God is now commissioning them as a couple. That's key. As a couple, go forth, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. And that, in that, we see the purposes of marriage. And this is what He's given us dominion over. What you don't see is go forth. Be fruitful, multiply, fix your spouse, and make them the way you want them mm. to be. No, it's 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 subdue the earth, fill, fill the earth, fill the earth, and subdue it. And so the point we're trying to make is that He never gave us dominion over each other's hearts, mm. and that's really hard to yeah. to accept, especially, especially in marriage. Especially in marriage, when you feel like maybe you got the old bait and switch, <laughs> and you married person A, and I now didn't. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> You married person A, and now you're five years in, and you're now married to person B. And you feel like you're married to person you, B. Yeah, you feel like it's person B, and it's a different person. Right. Same name, <laughs> different person. Uh, and so that feel that's really hard to come to the to come to grips with the fact that yeah. while you, you're in this relationship for life, it's covenantal, especially if you take your covenant seriously. Right. That we have to find solace somewhere. Right. When we come to the come to come to grips with the fact that I have married a person that is in some ways feels impossible to be right. married to. Right. And so 
now that's where we find our peace. So God has given us these, these kind of three mandates, our, our fruitfulness, which is our holiness, which is be fruitful, uh, multiply, which is our household, and then subdue the earth, which is our God's handiwork through us. Now, how, how is he calling us into uh, participate in the discipleship work that he wants to do mm-hmm. in our lives? We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I think I do want to go a little bit further into what he's not given us dominion over. So he's given us our right, our, right. our household, our holiness, our hand, God's handiwork, but he's not given us each other's hearts in this sense. Right, right. And so let's read from... 1 Corinthians yeah. 3, um, 6 and 7. I think you wanted to go further than that, though, and I did not have it pulled up. Maybe you have it pulled up. Okay, well... Uh, yeah, First Corinthians three. Let's see, verses. We have the study Bible, so there's a lot of extra pages in here. <laughs> verses awesome. six through seven. Okay, so this is Paul again in in Cor- He's writing a letter to Corinth. He says, "What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything." But only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Mm. So I just want to go a few verses further. I'm in verse 10 now. It says, according to the grace of God given to me, again, Paul, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So it's not what he's saying is that somebody is uh, has planted the seed. Somebody's watered. And in your spouse's life, you might be the seed planter, you might be the seed water. But here's what we never are: we're never the seed grower. Right. And that's the hard thing I think to come to grips with. But it's a very beautiful revelation to be had. Yes. When we are able to detach ourselves from that anxious because anytime we try to take dominion over something that we were under we were not designed for brings angst yeah we we're basically trying to shoulder a burden that will crush us right and right. god is calling us to unshoulder those burdens right and to let him do what he does best and that is change hearts that is be god right and does that mean right so if we are if we're helping plant if we're god's fellow workers if we're planting seeds if we're watering seeds does that mean we stop praying for our spouse? No. Like we keep praying for them. And we pray harder. Yeah. Um, we pray because we need God's help yeah, because we see him I think there's as a, the only one. Who I, can... Right. And I think there's just a lot of questions of like, well, then what can I do? What should I do? How am I, am I overstepping some boundaries by like sending verses or trying to like insert my self into the spiritual or lack there of spiritual life of my spouse, right? Hmm. Right. So we've been... So we've covered to this point, what is our commissioning as a couple, right? When we see Adam and Eve in the garden. Mm. Uh, and then we've looked at what are we, so that's our dominion. What are we given dominion over? Now, where do we try to take dominion where it's not given to us? We looked at that as the human heart mm. in marriage, especially we try to do that. We try to change each other. Mm-hmm. But now there's another command. There's another commissioning that has happened. And it happened in Matthew 28 verse 19, right? When Jesus said, go forth, make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. So as a married couple, it, as a Christian married to a wife or as a wife, who's a Christian married to a husband, uh, you're going to be called to make a disciple of your husband or your wife to the extent that here's the key that God allows it. 
because only God can change hearts and only the Holy Spirit can enliven a, uh, and, and a re response, and, yeah. yeah and actually turn a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. So good. And so that's the question that we want to look at now is that how, what role does discipleship play? Okay, we're, we if you if you buy the premise that we are not called to change each other's hearts, mm-hmm. what role are we to play? And I think there's some really tangible things. And actually, we got an article that we read. Uh, this comes from Christianity Today, which is the, the publication founded by Billy Graham, a really well done, thought through article that we're going to go through that gives us some really tangible things that we can do uh, in the spirit of actually trusting God with our spouse, mm. with the hope that we have and, yeah. and how we can trust God in these ways. But I want to share, share a quick story, though. Remember Ken and Linda? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you remember them. No, we know no, them No, really I know well. them. I didn't, it wasn't on the notes, so we're going off Oh, we shared it last time, bit, and yes. I thought it went really well. because it, it did. It, it plays well into this because it kind of puts us in our place in terms of our own uh, yeah. ability to change another's heart. Right. So just very quickly, Linda's kind of your stereotypical Bible thumper, right? They're in their first year, I don't know, first couple years of marriage, we'll yeah. say. And Ken was kind of a rough, rough cut, like, uh, you know, a ruffian. Yes. <laughs> Meaning he was the one, if there was a bar fight, like he was involved in the bar yes. fight type of thing. And Linda could not get Ken to go to church. And she was this church going, Bible thumping, like Holy Spirit filled uh, woman of God and mm. wanted her husband to be a man of God and would always kind of nag him and complain about his <laughs> lack of faith, his lack of, you know, he wasn't a Christian and he was just done with it. Mm-hmm. Until one day Linda was at church and she just felt God in her guts kind of just say, love your husband where he's at. Quit mm. trying to change him. Just love him as I, as I would love him, mm. like love him where he's at and, and then watch what, what God does. And so Linda goes home from church that day. Ken's sitting on the couch watching some sort of football game and Linda doesn't even say a word. She walks in, puts her Bible on the, on the, on the table there, goes into the fridge, grabs two beers, <laughs> opens them up and sits next to Ken and says, what's the score? <laughs> and Ken. It was the beginning and, of the end for Ken. <laughs> he looked at me, he's like, wait, what? Yeah. You're not going to like nag me for not going to church today. Right. You're not going to, you know, get mad at me because I'm sitting here with my feet on the table or, you know, instead she's like, what's the score? And he said, and he'll say this, he's like, that was the moment that I started actually having my heart soften. And it was her love toward him mm. and her kind of, she never really accepted it, but she was just trying to love him where he was at. Mm-hmm. She didn't accept the fact that he didn't want to go to church. Like she wanted that to change. Well, she trusted God she trusted, to change yes, yes. his heart. She trusted the Lord Good. to do what she knew was going to happen in his heart and what the Lord, you know, had, had just brought, can only bring about by right. his, his power and his right. goodness. <clears throat> so, so there's a trust there. Yes. And that's, that's the big thing we want to hit on. And so, to, to kind of illustrate that, I want to read, Selena, do you mind reading this? It's a lengthy passage from Luke. No, I want to read it because I read it passage. the last time and I liked reading it. Yeah, and you pronounced it Genesaret oh, correctly. Now, now it's going to be... <laughs> Don't mess it up. Genesaret. Genesaret? Ah! It's a Okay, Luke 5, 1 through 11. Jesus calls the first disciples. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the both filled both boats, so they began to sink. 
But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, some sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. I love this. So good. So Jesus is calling the disciples, and he's calling the first disciples. And we see this, a similar account of this these these events. Mm-hmm. In each of the four Gospels. Now, you, Luke is unique in that there's a lot more ex, explanation around what is happening. And so, as we think about discipleship, okay, here we have Jesus, God incarnate, mm. calling these men into ministry. In every other Gospel, so you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we're reading out of Luke. So, Matthew, Mark, and John, it literally just says they dropped their nets and, and went. Like he says, come, follow me. And they were like, okay. And they dropped their nets and went. And here we have a different picture of Jesus calling a disciple. Okay. Think of, see, we're called to be disciples. Okay. We're not the apostle, the apostolic disciples in the Mm -hmm. same sense, Mm -hmm. but we are disciples, followers of Christ. We're followers of his teachers, of his teaching, followers of his way. So God is in a, in a similar sense, calling us to be his disciples and we can call others to be disciples. And in this case, there was a, what, a, a, a like an action, mm. right? And so, and, and that, and that action, when acted upon, actually ended up proving the, and affirming, the, yeah. and affirming proving and affirming the power of Jesus. Right. Right. In this moment. And so, it, well, power so, and authority too. Authority. I mean, it's that's identifying, the word. Thank you. yeah, who he was. Yeah, that's the authority. And so he was claiming to be the Messiah, and here he is saying, "Okay, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch." And what is our response if you've done this? Okay, you've been out fishing all night, wife, fierce wife, fierce you've husband. Been praying. You've, you've been, been reading yes. your Bible. You've, you've been, been trying doing all the things. Everything, and you've and you've been in your prayer closet. You've been in your car. Wherever you do, you're contending, and you've said, "God." Please change. Please let me catch some fish. I'm starving right. and I'm dying. And so, and Jesus is saying, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon responds, says, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing. There's an exclamation point there, we people. We took nothing. <laughs> and then, and then this, he, he, it breaks. I he just says, wonder how long that. But at your word, I, wonder, I will let down sorry. the nets. I wonder how long that pause was. <laughs> because there's like, you know. Two space space bar pushes between. <laughs> but how long was that pause where Simon's like, yeah. Master, he's arguing with Jesus, essentially. Oh, man. Mm. He's trying to explain his case. Lord, I've we have done this. We've already done this. He's pleading his case. And then there's just this submission, this resignation, mm. right? But Sweet, at your yeah. word, I will let down the nets. But at your word. And so we want so often to be the one that's working in that pause. Mm. That's, that's going from the... <laughs> Like we want to be the one that's saying, you know what I mean? We yeah. And Jesus is the one working in there, and that's where that submission happens. It says, "But at your word." I think that yeah. At your word and the word as a theme in Scripture is so profound, and and the fact that Jesus is the Word of God right. sent forth to accomplish the purposes of God, and now at His words, right. this disciple is turning from his kind of sense of despair and right. turning into an act of faith, and so maybe fierce wife, fierce husband. How is Jesus calling you to push out, to put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch, even right. though, even though that you've toiled all night and you've caught nothing? Right. Are we going to submit and resign to the right. words of Jesus? And so what and happened trust? is, 
So what happened as a result of this act? Oh, man. This act by the yet the soon to be soon to be disciple. As a result of this act, he he became a disciple, but also Jesus's authority was proven. Mm. It was and and he was con- he, everybody who watched became convinced that he was the Messiah. And, and and talk about provision, the fish came pouring in. Well, and so, I think that we can all we, in another way when we're like Simon, we're like I'm the fisherman. This is what I do, right? Like hmm. You're Jesus. You're the Messiah. You're the teacher. You go out in the boats and teach, but I'm the fisherman. All right, you just stick to the Torah, so. all right? And I'll go ahead and catch the fish, Jesus. All right? You know, but we do that spiritually. We do that. We we do that. And oh, and wow. later on, we read in verse in verse ten or verse nine, he says or eight. Sorry, he says, "Depart from me." This is Simon. Depart from me, God, for I am a sinful man. He's just recognizing. Wow. You know that there was probably there was pride there he recognizes his sin in that instance and i'm not saying that we are sinning right necessarily when mm. we are contending for our spouse but when we're when we're towing the line with trying to be god and control areas that we were not given dominion over that's that's a very dangerous place to be and the best thing that we can do is to to submit to recognize who jesus is and resign ourselves to him. And here's another beautiful thing in verse 10. What is Jesus's response to that? When he says, depart from me, he says, do not be afraid. I mean, that's so good. Uh, Jesus came into his, his, the summation. I, mean, I don't want to, in, in a sense, this was one of the big things he came to proclaim do not be afraid. Right. And in this context is from now on, you will be catching men. Mm. So he's saying like the work that you think you're accomplishing, like, trust me. Don't be afraid. You're going to be catching men because you know what? So You're going to be good. proclaiming the gospel and people respond because I work in their hearts. Right. Right. right? And so I think so, there's just a call to us as believers in marriages that feel very asymmetrical. They feel very unequally yoked mm. to remember this call of into we've been asked and commissioned into the cause of discipleship mm. and to remember that Jesus yeah. himself would he asked these soon to be disciples to and current disciples to push out into the deep. Mm. And put their nets down for a catch. So I think just wherever that faith um, statement would lead you as a as a husband or a wife, I don't know. We'll just let... And I think some just some hope and encouragement really mm-hmm. in this in this area because you know we I know I can faces are popping into my head and my heart of friends that struggle with this, uh, and it, it's it's very it weighs on me, but it, I know that it weighs on them obviously a thousand times more. Mm-hmm. And so when just some encouragement of you know when we are kind of feeling hopeless let, feeling hopeless that it's right. okay to let let go of control to remember the truth that God's in control that this time is not going to be wasted that God is redemptive um, and that he's at work you know they say like the trees in winter look like they're dead right they're not growing but there's growth happening inside even when we don't see it that's what brings the rest of the other seasons and so just trusting that trusting these hard moments um, <laughs> it's like as a spouse as a husband or wife we stand in the in the orchard in the dead of winter shouting at the tree grow fruit show me your fruit give me your you know and and we're just distraught because there's not fruit and instead the wise the wise farmer says the the fruit will come in the the right season right right right. Um, and god will bring faithful yeah god will bring the growth god will bring the growth and Mm. so just to to be free to love your spouse right to meet them where they're at like where ken and linda were um, it can be liberating. We we can't change our spouse. Only God can. So let it bolster mm. our faith, right? Let it bolster us from just reading our Bible to actually living out our faith, you know, and battling for and contending for the, the soul of our spouse. Um, 
That is a beautiful thing. So um, you wanted to talk about a few tangible things. Yeah, yeah, because this can oftentimes feel very kind of uh, uh, ethereal, right? We're right. just thinking about these ideas. Okay, how do I actually put this to work? I get it. I can't change my spouse, but I still feel like I, I can put my hand to something, right? right? So there's actually a really thoughtful article. I feel like it was well-written. is on Christianity Today, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, it's by, by uh, a gal by the name of Dorothy Little Greco, I think. Lytel Greco. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um but it's called uh, it's called you can't change your spouse, so it's aptly titled. <laughs> and she goes through, and I'm just going to share very. Uh, I'm going to stick to kind of what she wrote because I feel like she did a really good job. But the first thing she learned kind of how to cope with this reality that I can't change my husband, or for husbands how they can't change their wives. She said the first thing she kind of learned is to focus on her own issues, right? So and then she writes this: as we were processing some intense and prolonged conflicts in year ten. I invited God to reveal how my sin was contributing to our unhappiness. Almost immediately, I became aware of my impatience, ungratefulness, and lack of grace. I think this is incredibly awesome in in terms of like it's it's a spiritual thing, right? It's not like how can I be healthier? How can I be like when you say in look, focusing on my own issues, right? We're not talking about like your physical appearance or anything like that. We're not talking about. Um, why or even not? just coping around it, you're right. actually pressing into something right. different. It's completely different. Well, because there's, there's a bigger your, end game. Yeah. Instead yeah. of focusing on your spouse's issues, you're now saying, "Listen, I also need saving. Issues, yes. I also need sanctification." Right. Now, the I want to be clear. Those things. Yeah. There, uh, there are some that would say, like, "Hey, if your spouse goes and has an affair, then it's probably partly your fault." That's not what we're saying. That's mm. not what we're saying here. Um, and the. There's a lot to be talked around in that in that space, but in this case, we're not trying to say that with a broad brushstroke. We're just saying that instead, focus on Let's, the fact that you need grace as well, right? And how is God working in you, and how right. potentially can you bring repentance to the table of whatever mm. this this brokenness is, right? If right. He leads you to do that, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really tender place to start. Yeah, and then from there, uh, I think it leads to the second one very clearly, and it's this: it's being a confessional spouse. That sounds. A little odd to me, but I'll just read what she wrote. Uh, it's now my habit to confess such sins. Okay, so remember she talked about her lack, her right. um, impatience, her lack of gratefulness, and her her lack of grace. Um, so it's now my habit to confess such sins to my husband in real time. Okay, that's see through marriage. Oh. See through book.com. Check it out. We talked <laughs> about just uh, doing that in real time. It's very important, not after the fact, but while it's happening. Whenever the Holy Spirit convicts me, again, this is her writing. This pa- this practice is humbling, but that's part of the point. Humility is a good thing. I think a lot of times, okay, so if, you ha- if you're in this like asymmetrical relationship, you say, and um, it's not... It would feel weird going to your spouse saying, hey, I just want to confess some of these sins to you, <laughs> if that mm. feels like an awkward thing, sure. right? A better place to start might be, you know, as a wife, going to your husband and saying, you know, I just want to apologize for my ungratefulness lately. I feel like, and you can say, I think it's fine to say, like, I feel like the Lord is just you know, impressed upon my heart that I've been complaining or I've been unhappy about like the house, the things that we, he's given us. Um, and so I just want to say that, uh, apologize. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, you're repenting essentially without using the word repenting. And maybe you get to that point of using those words, but I just, I think it's practical to know, like you don't have to start with these big spiritual language and vocabulary, although it's good to get familiar and 
comfortable with those. I think one easy place to start is just, you know, like she said, apologizing for something that... And you'll know the words to say to your own spouse. I think the key is authenticity, right? Right. In that, whether it's you use the word repentance because that's part of your household, you know, kind of diction already, Mm -hmm. or you use another just apologizing. I think, yeah, that authenticity is what they'll pick up on. So as a husband, I just want to cue some husbands who are listening. It could be, hey, you know what? I realized that in the past I've communicated really harshly to you or I have dismissed some of the things that you've said when we're arguing because I feel like being right is more important than you being loved. Mm. Okay. So the Holy Spirit, you know what? You you can say great job bringing that up, Ryan, but you know, the Holy Spirit will bring up stuff and that's something that I've dealt with (laughs) in our own marriage. Speaking from experience, friends. And so that's where, that's why it starts with focusing on our own issues. The Bible calls us to be introspective and say, God, you've searched me and know my heart. Mm make any wrong ways like within me make those plain to me and help me Mm. live according to your word and not according to my own sinful nature yeah these are all scriptural themes and so there's power in asking the holy spirit to reveal those things as a husband or as a wife so uh whatever that is i think the key is going going authentically to to your spouse and just apologizing not just to say i got this off my chest but to get closer to them to Mm. to to start breaking down those walls that's That's the second one the third one is asking God to align my expectations with his. Mm. Uh, so she wrote, the Lord allowed me to understand how my oft, st- my oft stated expectations were impacting my husband. For example, I entered into marriage anticipating regular romantic evenings replete with flowers, gushy cards, and passionate kissing. Because these expectations were not grounded in the reality of my husband's strengths. When I repeatedly communicated them, he felt shamed. Hmm. Hmm. Well, and then she goes on to say, it's not that we need to stop desiring these things from our spouses, but we do need to allow our longings and desires to be converted into healthy expectations. This is difficult work. Mm. (laughs) Mm. I think last time we recorded this, you said you glossed over that phrase, but that's like so pivotal. Listen, this is difficult work. Right. It shouldn't happen easily and it should emerge. And this is her again. It should emerge out of a realistic assessment of our spouse's abilities and limitations. Um. I think that's a beautiful thing, though, because like when I know that you've done something that's either out of your comfort zone that shows me that you love me that much. Right. Or that you are doing something that, you know, that I enjoy. It shows me you're being selfless on a lot of levels. Right. And and that you're taking the time, the energy, the resources like that speaks volumes to me. It's not necessarily always like the gift you give, but like how you give it, it is the mm-hmm. gift you give, I guess, because there's more to it than just what maybe an object is or a moment is. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. helping to see, like seeing your spouse clearly, what are their strengths and their weaknesses and how are they loved? You know, we talk about right. love languages a ton. Um, these are important things because it hel- it helps us align our expectations more That's good. accurately. And I think with grace and mm. yeah. I love the progression here. So we talk about focusing on our own issues, looking kind of internally, not navel gazing, but asking God to examine our hearts and open up, open our hearts to what we need to work on. Mm. Then we'd be confessional, we're confessional toward each other, bringing that to the table. And then the progression is now asking God to align my expectations with his. And so that's what you're talking about. Mm. Now I'm seeing, so see how you start to like be tenderized and seeing your spouse's (laughs) heart instead of just seeing what they're doing and how it's rubbing Mm. you the wrong or how it's inadequate. Yeah. Now you're seeing... God is working in them in him or her too. So good. And so now I need to not just get what I want out of that expectation, but actually use that expectation as a means of encouraging and loving my spouse. Mm. Um, So So good. So good. Yeah. I think we all, oftentimes we expect, 
we expect our spouse to just rise to this whatever arbitrary standard that we've created, we've walked into the marriage with, or that has evolved over the last three, yeah. four or five years of our marriage and not realizing that those expectations are completely unfounded. Mm. And instead, we need to look at our spouse as the object of our affection and therefore the object of our expectation and just expect the best. First Corinthians 13, love hopes all things. In other words, it expects and hopes for the best. Mm. Instead of saying, love picks out the flaws and makes them plain to the other. There it goes again, making that mistake. Listen, we all know we're imperfect. (laughs) All right, we all know we're imperfect. On a deep existential level, we need Christ. But also on a daily level, we get it. We're imperfect. And what we need in marriage is a safe place to work out those imperfections. Mm. That's called sanctification, being made more holy. It happens through discipleship. Right. And love of each other. Mm. So... Um, I guess some of the encouragement or something we'd want to leave you with in terms of mm. like a challenge um, is to read Luke 5 together. Read it aloud and talk about how you can, quote unquote, let down your nets and push away from the land, push out deeper. And if and you're tr- sorry, I, I thought you were done. <laughs> Jumped right in. Just take his mic away and trust the words of Jesus. So yeah. how can we f- recognize, right? Recognize who Jesus is. Yeah resign ourselves to what he's calling us to do in that moment and then just to live in the things that he's called us to to do good um and if you're if you're are you done good (laughs) my turn to talk (laughs) no and i was gonna say if you're a spouse that is maybe it's asymmetrical yeah right where you can't get your husband or your wife to read luke 5 with you i'd say read it alone and then ask god with faith ears listening, saying, God, where are you asking me to put down my nets in this sense? How can I be a more faithful disciple? How can I drop everything and follow you in this scenario? Mm. I think that's such a great right. place to start. Right. Hopefully this was helpful. You guys, it's, it's not, uh, we started out kind of joking, right? Saying you could change your spouse. We quickly revealed the secret that you can't change your spouse. Uh, <laughs> that walked. was Ryan's tactic. He wanted to do that, so I just followed him blindly. <laughs> As a good wife should. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So uh, we went through some scenarios. Uh, we also talked through uh, kind of the big what as a married couple and how we are actually commissioned uh, to put our hands to the work of our heart, of our, excuse me, our holiness, our household, and God's handiwork. But then... How God has not given us dominion over the human heart, mm. but still we're called to be disciple makers mm. and how that Sow call seed to water leads seed. us to walk by faith yep. and to let God be the one who grows the seed. And we just get to sow and water that bad boy. All right. So. Sorry. Just one last funny thing about Luke five. I was just thinking about how Simon's kind of arguing with Jesus. He's presenting, right? He's like reminding like, Jesus, I'm, I'm the fisherman. I did this. And then I'm just thinking Jesus is probably like. Dude, I made this ocean. Like. And I'm a carpenter. You don't see me bragging about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is all not biblical at all, but I'm just imagining the situation between them. Wow. And That's good. Like, obviously, Jesus didn't throw it in his face, but he let Simon say what he's got to say. <laughs> and But I'm just, you know, Jesus would just be like, yeah, I made this. I was here before you. Uh, Can you imagine if Jesus was just at, all at once was just like, all right, let me just go ahead and ex- it, it, uh, prove to you right now that I'm God of... <laughs> the creator of the universe and just started just, you know, like this tempest of <laughs> fish pouring out of the sea to the actual yeah. spiritual realms. Yeah, we no. do that so many times. We, we don't trust God to be God. <laughs> no, we and, remind him of who we are instead of reminding oh, ourselves man. of who he is. Let's see. Do we have any more time on this podcast? <laughs> we can go for it. 
No. But actually, you know what, listener, if you are want to talk more about that, just go find the episode on authority mm-hmm. and what is the authority in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and there we talk a lot about uh, God's authority and how uh, submitting to it is, is both the hardest and most beautiful thing. But once you do it, you can't go back. Mm. All right. Anyway, uh, we hope this has been helpful. Um, Selena, do you feel like praying? Or I prayed when we for you and I, so you can go ahead and pray. Okay. Can't you, be praying all you the hit time. Your quota for today is that what you're telling me? <laughs> it's all right. I'll pray continually. I prayed on the last one. First Thessalonians five seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> is it second or third? I can't remember. God, thank you so much, um, just for being God. And mm. I know that sounds perhaps like a silly thing to say and a silly thing to pray. But God, you're God, and we are not, and only you can change hearts. Only you can soften our hearts, turn our hearts of stone Mm -hmm. into hearts of flesh. I pray for those listening to this, but clearly those listening to this care about their marriage. Mm -hmm. They want to see you glorified in their lives and in their marriage. Maybe they're married to a spouse who doesn't share the same desire, doesn't share the same goal. I pray that you would soften the listener's heart first. Soften their heart to hear what you're trying to say to them, to hear and follow and respond to your leadership. Mm. God, and then I pray that you would soften the heart of their spouse, that you could be glorified, that you could be seen, that your authority could be proven as they cast out, as they go out to the deep and put down their nets despite trying over and over and over again their own way. I pray that they would uh, put down their nets in obedience and they would see your authority proven in their Mm. life and in their marriage in the heart of their spouse, God. Let us see miracles. We, we long for heart change, and only you can do it. So, Lord, again, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for um, just your love in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is... In the can. As usual, we'll see you in about seven days. And if you missed it, we actually last week had a Gary Thomas interview. So he talked about toxic people yeah. and talked about, and we talked about his latest book, uh, When to Walk Away. And Ooh, that's hard. in classic Gary Thomas fashion, He's awesome. super wise, very eloquent, and also just really nice. So nice. <laughs> just very nice. So I just want to nice. give him a hug, just an, a, a non-lockdown hug yeah. right now. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> used to be able One to day do soon. that. Used to, yeah. Anyway, thank you for joining us. We'll see you in about seven days. And until next time. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.